They can take, they spare no expense in getting me here today. Both of you take first class seats. Come down. I'll have to stay on the, in the very first row, in the very first seat in my very Ronnie Hallelujah. <laughs> but I do thank them for the opportunity to speak this morning. And with all the stuff you made up, I'm interested in seeing what I'm going to say today. Hallelujah. God said that.
everybody wants to do whatever is right in their own eyes. More and more people are trying to impose their views upon us. They are insisting that we participate in their actions even though they may violate our conscience because we want to stand for the word of God. This past week, a federal judge blocked the law that gave medical workers the right to refuse to participate in performing abortion or gender reassignment surgery.
know about. And I'm not good about myself. My men are going to rendezvous me with me at a certain point. And Halimah and David says, well, could you give me five loaves of bread? Halimah says, well, I can only give it to you if your, your men have been living holy. Don't worry about that, man. This is a holy mission we're on. Now, normally my men are holy, but this is a holy mission, which means they are doubly holy. You ever seen a doubly holy person? <laughs> and it just so happens that Doeg, the Edomite, he sees David and Ahimelech talking, and then David says, Oh, and another thing. The king's mission was so urgent, man, I forgot to grab my soul. You got a sword or a spear here that I can use? And Ahimelech says, Well, you know, the only one we got, we're sitting here crazy, we're going to keep weapons, but that thing you cut the lion's head off with, that sword is still in there. I'll take it, I'll take it. And he takes it in, and, and they take off. And um, he goes his way, and Ahimelech goes his way, and everything looks like it's fine. You might say, well, Pastor Richard, I think you chose the wrong passage today, because what does this have to do with integrity? A friend asks a friend for help, the friend helps him, and both of them moved on with their lives. I mean, you know, sometimes you gotta go that further to find out what's really going on. Those of us who are parents, especially with more than one kid, you ever had one kid? <laughs> How many of us know if we remembered that more often, we probably 
from the king. He does not have any men who are holy hiding out from him somewhere. He did not leave so quickly that he didn't have a chance to grab a weapon. Here's what really happened. Saul and David already were not on real good terms. That's why when Ahimelech saw David by himself, he got a little scared. But David reassured him, everything is all right. Two days earlier, before David arrived here in Nam, Saul had made it clear at a dinner that he considered David his enemy and that
King Saul. And when he gets there, King Saul, he, he, he doesn't throw any punches. He just gets right to the point. He says,
The guards would not attack the priests because the law that the king had uttered as far as they were considered was an unjust law. Dr. King quoted the early church father Augustine when he said, an unjust law is no law at all. We as believers need to be prepared that there are some unjust laws that are going to be coming, that are going to be wanting us to disobey God in order to obey them. But then if we're going to become men of integrity, we have to be willing to stand and pay that price. And the same is true for the rest of us as Christians. The only one willing to carry out the king's command was Doeg, the Edomite, who wasn't a follower of God. He killed 85 of the Lord's priests. Now do you think when David had conceived this little wonderful plan of how he was going to get some bread and how he was going to get a sword, do, do you really think he, he knew it was going to cost the lives of 85 innocent men? Man, when we choose to use others to get what we want, even though it may look like nothing happened to us, do we realize the damage we may be unknowingly imposing on others? I know some of us were thinking it was just a one-night stand, but now there's a young teenage girl wondering why she doesn't know who her father is, and she's going from boy to boy, man to man, in search of the love we never gave. I know he probably even put the money back in the bank before anybody even found out about it, but now we are facing going to jail. I know we were convinced that, well, it must be sensual, but now we're facing a lawsuit and even possibly a criminal trial, all because we gave up our integrity. I ask us all today, where is our integrity being challenged? And what steps are we taking to curb it? Our love for Christ should compel us at times to keep our mouths shut when somebody's trying to serve us. To go in a different direction when we're headed to a place we know ain't nothing good waiting for us when we get there. We need to be willing to keep on moving with the remote. I know you was trying to find ESPN, even though it was 40 channels away from where you are now. And you come across something that you are not to come across. Keep on pushing that button. I better pray about this one. You all need to pray about it. Push the button. Love. Uh -huh. 
Jesus Christ. You see, even on the cross, Jesus was still a man of integrity. He forgave those who crucified him, saying, Lord, forgive them, they don't know what they are doing. Integrity. He told me, look, I know what you've done.
and need a little bit more than grace and mercy, give it to them. So that we are all equipped when we walk out of these doors today to be the persons of integrity you're calling us to be, first of all, in our own homes. Then in our schools or in our work. Then in our church, our community. Then wherever we find ourselves, we're all in Jesus' name.